Are you ready to take your intermittent fasting lifestyle to the next level? There's nothing better than community to help with that. In the Delay Don't Deny community, we all embrace the clean fast, and there's just the right support for you as you live your intermittent fasting lifestyle. You can connect directly with me in the Ask Jen group, and I'll answer all of your questions personally. If you're new to intermittent fasting or recommitting to the intermittent fasting lifestyle, join the 28-Day Fast Start group. After your fast start, join us for support in the first-year group. Need tips for long-term maintenance? We have a place for that. There are many more useful spaces beyond these, and you can interact in as many as you like. Visit jenstevens.com community to join us. An annual membership costs just over a dollar a week when you do the math. If you aren't ready to fully commit for a year, join for a month, and you can cancel at any time. If you know you'll want to stay forever, we also have a lifetime membership option available. IF is free. You don't need to join our community to fast. But if you're looking for support from a community of like-minded intermittent fasters, we're here for you at jenstevens.com community. That's jenstevens.com community. Achieving my long-term goals is more about creating healthy habits and less about quick fixes. And that's why I love both intermittent fasting and daily harvest. Tim Spector, a gut health expert and founder of Zoe, and Dr. B, gastroenterologist and author of Fiber Fueled, recommend that you aim for at least 30 unique plant foods per week. Daily Harvest helps make it easy. One of my favorite options is the sweet potato and wild rice hash harvest bowl. With Daily Harvest, I'm getting tons of plant-based options built on organic fruits and vegetables that are easy to prep and free of weird ingredients such as fillers, seed oils, and added sugars. Create healthy habits that last with Daily Harvest. For a limited time only, go to dailyharvest.com ifstories to get $30 off your first box plus free shipping. That's dailyharvest.com ifstories for $30 off your first box and free shipping. Daily harvest.com slash is stories. Welcome to Intermittent Fasting Stories. I'm your host, Jen Stevens, author of the New York Times bestseller, Fast Feast Repeat, as well as the book that started it all, Delay Don't Deny. I lost over 80 pounds thanks to intermittent fasting after learning how to delay my eating rather than denying myself the delicious foods I want to eat. Now, Who's ready to hear an inspirational intermittent fasting story? That's why we're here. So let's get excited to talk to today's guest. Hi, everybody, and welcome to episode 329 of Intermittent Fasting Stories. Today, I'm here with Brad Williams. Brad lives in Huntington Beach, California, and he is the host of the Over 40 Fitness Hacks podcast. He is also a personal trainer and gym owner, and he has done that for the past 14 years. Also, I was privileged enough to be on his show, the Over 40 Fitness Hacks podcast, and you can find that episode by going to search in your favorite podcast app, but welcome, Brad. Yeah, thank you so much, Jen, for having me on the show, and uh, it was a privilege to have you on mine as well, and uh, I actually had you kind of dive into my program, and you did actually clean it up a lot, so I, I really appreciate you. Well, that's what I do. I'm a teacher and I will teach you things whether you want me to or not. That's how it goes. (laughs) So I like to start by asking what brought you to intermittent fasting and when was that? I've been doing intermittent fasting for the past two years. I've been doing my podcast for three and a half now. Kind of the theme of it is, you know, being over 40 as a personal trainer and I'm having to start having these problems of you know, being the hold off this weight and everything just because of the aging process, I needed to find, you know, smarter and quicker ways to attain what I needed. And so I kind of just heard about intermittent fasting and I started researching it and, you know, podcasting because I was already in that world. And I came across yours and several others and just, uh, you know, just fell in love with it. Just what I can do with that, just tightening up your current diet plan, you know, just start there, not even changing anything else. And then, you know, kind of fine tuning that. But I just feel better in the morning. I just feel clean. I love that. 
the fact that you were open to it, because we hear from people less now than in the past, but we do still hear from people. They're like, well, I joined a new gym and I have a personal trainer. And I told my personal trainer that, you know, I have a five hour daily eating window. And he said, oh no, you're going to burn up all your muscle and you're, <laughs> you're going to not be able to build muscle. And he told me I must eat six small meals a day. And now I don't know what to do. So to hear a personal trainer that has come to intermittent fasting and found success with, I mean, did you have to bust some of your own paradigms and some of the things that you were taught in your own head before you could embrace it? Yeah, I've been kind of busting paradigms for the last 14 years. You know, I've tried I just because I feel like that's my job when clients come to me. Have you tried this or this or this? And, you know, yeah, when we get certified and when we first start out in our careers, it's always the, yeah, five to six small meals a day. You got to keep that metabolism running and it's the most efficient way to absorb smaller amounts of protein. That way you can space it out and okay, it worked. But every other diet I did too was, you know, there was ways around it and and still built the same amount of muscle mass. But uh, yeah, even in my gym, all the personal trainers there are not really fond of fasting or keto or any, any other diet besides their traditional 40, 40, 20 macros of 40% carbs, you know, fats and then protein. And then that eating window of eating many times throughout the day. But, and some of them aren't 40 yet. So that's what I'm saying. Just you wait. That's true. That is a really, really good point because I think back to, you know, what worked for me when I was in my 20s. I mean, I could just literally count calories and lose the weight very, very quickly. And that was it. And then, you know, as we get older and our metabolisms change as they do, things that used to work for us no longer do. You know, for women, the hormonal changes of menopause play a big role. But I think it's interesting that all the the young guys are (laughs) thinking, no, I'll stick with my my tried and true 40, 40, 26 meals a day. And then as they get older, they'll be like, uh, Brad, tell me more about this. And you know, for all the 20 year olds, it doesn't matter what they do. They're going to be get what they want because they're just in that, you know, perfect age where the bodies can get to the size that needs to be and athleticism. So really, even if they change their diet, it wouldn't matter. Every single trainer in my gym, you know, has tried different diets or fell off the wagon. And yet they were still working out. They're still getting their protein and they still look good. So like, you guys don't have to go as hardcore as you think you do. Well, that's right. And it's all about finding what, what feels good to you as a lifestyle. And knowing that as your body changes, you can change and adapt. There are new ideas out there. But I love that you were open to that. So when you first started, you were suddenly starting to gain weight. Tell me about that a little bit. I think it started like at 39, but you know, the same amount of cardio, the same amount of workouts, you know, hitting the protein perfectly. You know, I try to hit 200 grams a day for my body type and my size. And I still have, you know, a social life. You know, I usually have that on the weekends. And, you know, a lot of more serious trainers beat up on their clients that, you know, you need to give up everything. This is a, you know, health and wellness for the rest of your life, all that kind of stuff. And mine was like, well, you know, you have to enjoy life too. So, I took all the clients that didn't want to give up everything and, you know, we'll work on ways to, you know, have a nice balance. So that's always been my kind of thing. And by the time I hit 39, I just started seeing, you know, the gut coming up a little bit. So, okay, I increased cardio. I increased uh, some of the uh, reps I was doing and okay, went away. And then as it hit 40, 41, oh my God, this is (laughs) coming on (laughs) crazy. And uh, another pinnacle moment in my life was five years ago, I was moving gym equipment, you know, being the gym owner, I'm the accountant, the bookkeeper, the front desk person, the bathroom cleaner, everything, you know, and then I had to move equipment as well. And just one day, just a freak accident tripping while holding a big 40 pound rack. And I just lunged out and caught myself, you know, I pride myself on my balance, but that ended up blowing out my L5S1 disc. So, you know, Tons of stories about that and how horrible that was. And two surgeries later, I'm finally back to whole, pretty much whole again. But I had to change not only the way I was uh, training, but, you know, I couldn't run anymore. So I started doing more fast walking or they call it rucking where you can wear like weight vests and stuff like that. And, you know, it was a long journey, but I built an athletic body back to what I was happy with. And uh, along with that, you know, intermittent fasting played a huge part of that of just helping keep off that weight because now I can't do, you know, three, four cardio sessions a week. I can't do five days in the gym anymore. So another methodology I had to adopt was just doing things slower and more time under tension. So using lower weights and just going slower on everything. So same exercises I was doing before, but, you know, just like a squat, 
using way less weight and just going five seconds down, five seconds up and really focusing on, you know, that mind-body connection. So low and slow, that was the new way versus before it was more like bursts of quick movement with more weight. Well, yeah, just more heavy weight, what you, what you could do for 10 to 12 reps, but not when you have a back like mine, you know, now it's the long game of I need this to last me the rest of my life. So low and slow, low weights, I do a lot of walking. And then I've just been ever since I started this fasting been on this kick, I've just been on a thing of just trying to get the most out of it I can and just supercharge it basically. I want to get back to something you said before, because I think that's really, really important. And you talked about how in your gym, some of the other personal trainers demand that their their clients have like, you know, 100% seven days a week, you got to be, you know, on point every day. And there's no room for balance in that sort of lifestyle. You know, I am somebody that is not good at giving something up forever or feeling like I can never indulge in something like, you know, I know I don't feel my best if I have ice cream every day. But if you tell me I can never again have ice cream in my entire life, then I'll be like, well, I am going to have it every day. I'll show you, right? So we've got to find a way to live our lives and enjoy ourselves. I am a person who believes that we are meant to find pleasure in eating food. And, you know, that's the thing. That's the difference between a, a good trainer and a unexperienced trainer. I wouldn't say bad trainer, but, you know, you could probably get your clients to give up things slowly, but do it without them knowing about it. Just work on things. Just I always tell uh, clients when they first start, we're not even going to touch the diet. Let's just see if you can do a little bit of intermittent fasting and just push everything a little bit tighter. And let's just work on the weights. And within a month, they're feeling good. They're getting something out of it. Then we start on the diet a little bit more. And then we just start focusing on like, what do you really love? You know, some of my clients like the sweets. Some of them just like, you know, beef or, uh, you know, barbecue and that kind of stuff. And some are drinkers here in Orange County. This is a party town. This All my clients are, that's like our main problem is too much. Uh, look, I live at the beach too. So <laughs> it's true. And that's okay. But there's certain rules and things we can adopt on those subjects and eat this, not that, or drink this, not that, and certain time windows for that. And you just work around it. And then eventually they start getting, you know, more and more results. They feel healthier. They feel better. Then some of them just go, okay, I want to go all the way. Okay, that was your decision. I, I never pushed you to that. And you kind of trick them into to wanting to go the healthier route. Well, I think of it as the better they feel, the better they want to feel. That's kind of how it's been for me. Like right now I'm delaying alcohol. You know, I talked about before I'm at the beach and it's we're recording this just right after Memorial Day. And so it is the start of summer and there are people out parasailing in front of my house right now. And I can you know, driving here to my office where I record. I pass by bars. People are drinking right this minute in the middle of the day. And so I'm like, you know what? Just because it's party season, party atmosphere, I feel better if I don't indulge like that. So I'm like, I May was a little too full of wine and champagne for me. So I'm like, you know, June's going to be a little dialed back, but it's totally my choice and it's not forever. And I have the same mindset as you with people who are starting out. I, you don't want to change too many things at once. And that's, you know, personal trainer 101 is getting the January crowd of, oh, New Year's resolutions, we got to go and, you know, sign up. And then you'll see, I, there's a term for, I forgot, it's kind of funny, but when they all drop off the third week of January, you never see them again. On social media, there's like a term for it. I, just, I can never remember it, but thought it was pretty funny. But yeah, that's the biggest thing. When we sign them up, we're like, okay, we are not going to go all out on this diet, all out on, I want to come five days a week. No, no, no. And I'm basically telling them, I don't want your money for five days. You're a beginner. You're going to do two days a week because that's all you're going to be able to handle. If you want to do cardio on your off days, that's fine. Then you can graduate to three days, four days a week if you feel that way. And we're just barely going to change your diet, you know, because if you go all out, just like all the other people that you see, they're just, you're just going to quit. It's too much. It really, really is. So you start with one thing. So for me, with the intermittent fasting world, that's where we're starting. You know, my people start with me and they're, they're starting intermittent fasting. You know, they've read Fast Feast Repeat. They're doing the 28-day fast start. And in it, I'm very, very clear. You're not also changing your diet on day one. Now, that doesn't mean you can't, you know, choose different things as you're going along the way. But it's when you're like, I'm starting the diet, I'm starting the exercise program, and I'm going to do intermittent fasting. I'm going to do it all right now. My life is completely different. That's when you crash and burn. My uh, audience and clients have, have always been over 40, even when I was in my late 20s. That's just my niche who I've had in Orange County here. So I've just seen all this. And now that I've hit that mark and been trying all this stuff by myself, 
it's just such a easy thing to, to showcase, you know, intermittent fasting, just do what you're doing. We're just going to tighten a little bit. And just from that, and a couple weeks later, they're like, oh my God, it's, you know, I'm losing a little bit more than I normally would, you know, on by a Friday, you know, if people are partying on the weekends and then Monday back to the grind, like I do. And then by Friday, that's pretty much your best weight. And that's kind of where you gauge everything. Just doing that, you know, tightening it down to a six or 20 hour or 18 hour fasting window and just eat whatever you want. And then we start working on the other things and building healthy habits. But that's the main thing is building healthy habits needs to be a slow, enjoyable process. Because as soon as you scare them and rattle their cages a little bit, they're done. They'll quit. Just like the New Year's resolution people. We all face stress in our daily lives. What if the answer to a better stress response is in one key nutrient? I'm talking about magnesium and specifically magnesium breakthrough by by optimizers. This one-of-a-kind product is designed to reverse low levels of magnesium, which could have a positive effect on our stress response. But don't take my word for it. Here's a quote from a 2020 issue of the scientific journal Nutrients. Results suggest that stress could increase magnesium loss, causing a deficiency. And, in turn, magnesium deficiency could enhance the body's susceptibility to stress, resulting in a magnesium and stress vicious circle. I only recommend Magnesium Breakthrough by Bioptimizers. It's the only organic full-spectrum magnesium supplement that includes seven unique forms of magnesium for stress resilience and better sleep. Simply go to bioptimizers.com slash ifstories promo code IFSTORIES10 to get your magnesium breakthrough and find out this month's gift with purchase. That's bioptimizers.com slash IFSTORIES, promo code IFSTORIES10. If you've been listening to my podcast for a while, you know what a fan I am of Dr. Tim Spector and the work he's doing with Zoe. I was first introduced to his work in 2015, and I've been following his research ever since. What I love most about the Zoe Science and Nutrition podcast is that they have weekly interviews with world-leading experts who explain how their latest research can benefit your health. Recently, I was thrilled to finally meet him face-to-face as we recorded an episode for the Zoe Science and Nutrition podcast, and this episode aired on April 11th. We had a chance to talk about the world's biggest intermittent fasting study, and I had the opportunity to explain the clean fast to Jonathan, which may explain why he didn't enjoy his prior experiences with fasting. Search for Zoe Science and Nutrition on your podcast player or on YouTube to hear the latest episode, and don't forget to look for the April 11th episode to hear me, Tim, and Jonathan talk about the world's biggest intermittent fasting study. That's funny that you talked about Friday because that was my day. When I started intermittent fasting in 2014, the time that it stuck finally, I was weighing daily and calculating a weekly average, which saved my sanity because weight fluctuates. You know, you know that as a, as a personal trainer, women especially, our weight goes up and down like crazy. So I would weigh every single day. And then Friday, I would, I like to do it by hand. I would calculate my weekly average and I compared Friday to Friday weights. I mean, the average, the average from one Friday to the average from the next Friday. And the weekly averaging really saved me because like, I remember one example, there was a Friday that my weight was actually up from the previous Friday, but my weekly average was still down. So I I knew that I was moving in the right direction. But there's just something about that Friday because that was always, well, I won't say always, but it was often my lowest weight of the week because, you know, then again, that weekend, I struggled with the weekend mentality. In fact, my first book, Delay, Don't Deny, I have a chapter called Saturday is Not a Special Occasion because it happens every week. I had to really learn that lesson. Yeah. I probably needed to learn that lesson still. (laughs) Well, when I was trying to lose weight, I really needed to be consistent seven days a week. And that doesn't mean that I I couldn't, you know, have an enjoyable weekend. I could fit a very enjoyable weekend into five. I mean, well, weekend day, the whole weekend didn't fit into five hours. But a Saturday, a five-hour window on a Saturday, I could be really happy with that. It didn't need to be brunch through dinner, you know, the whole day long. So I had to really get real with myself. That was part of my challenge. So you have a lot of women, I guess, that you work with that are in the the over 40 and you always have. So you see the unique struggles of women in this age group. You know, probably about 50% of my clients, 50% male, 50% female. And same thing with my podcast, funny enough. Guys, it seems, you know, just can retain muscle a little bit more as, as we age, even though I'm watching it fall away. It's still a battle. But just, you know, with the females and hormonal and menopause, it's just it's just a little bit harder of a battle. So learning how to, you know, cope with that, still getting them a little bit more focused on weight training than so much cardio. That's always the biggest struggle. 
and then not doing things later in the evening. Try to get them to do it before you know, lunchtime or early afternoon. That's always been the the key components of helping them out. Yeah, I think that is really important. You know, I'm 53. And so for me, realizing that muscle building is the number one thing. We were trained, you know, people my age, we grew up with, you know, Jane Fonda workouts and all of that. The Cindy Crawford workout tape was my favorite. You know, she had some this personal trainer that you're, you're not Suzanne to... Summers. Well, yes, the Suzanne <laughs> Summers, but it was all cardio all the time. You know, we went to aerobics, we did all of that. And, you know, we didn't really think about, about strength training so much. So as we age, we really do need to focus on that. Now, tell me why you suggest that people do their training earlier in the day? Just from like learning a lot more about cortisol, you know, the hormone that's very catabolic to building muscle mass and, you know, stress being a very important component of that. And that's, you know, physical stress from working out too much. So as you're aging, you actually, and you know, it's hard for a personal trainer mindset to start toning down those workouts. I kind of had to by force, but other people are fine. We're like, it's really not that great to work out seven days a week that hard. Three workouts, three very quality workouts a week of weight training is like perfect. And, you know, the more you do, you just start building more cortisol in your body. And that's just going to defeat the purpose of, you know, building muscle and recovery. And recovery is another thing that is just more important. You know, for people over 40, we need about, you know, at least a day, if not two days. You know, people over that 50 to 60 range, they need almost like two to three days for recovery for going that heavy again on weights. And so... You know, sleep is important, eating right is important, getting that protein, but just resting. And it's so hard to get people who are, you know, we're over 40 or over 50 and we're having these struggles, but we're like, no, we got to do more, burn more calories, lift more. And I'm like, no, 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 no. It's actually working against you. And there's a chance of injury. And as we age, we cannot have injuries. I'm done, you know. It's harder to harder to heal, harder to recover. And that is absolutely true. You know, I think a neighbor that we had years ago when we lived in Augusta and he fell. He was an elderly man and he fell and if a child falls, they scrape their knee, but he fell and like had to go to the emergency room and have like a skin transplant. And because we don't recover as well as we age. And I want to be, I'm going to give my body the chance to heal the best that it can. Of course, intermittent fasting helps with that. But, you know, that's what we see on the outside. But on the inside, same thing. The muscle recovery is so very important. And going back to why not doing so late in the evening, it's just your body needs time to clear out all the cortisol and drop your levels back to a normal level. And if you're doing this at 6 p.m., 7 p.m., and then you know, eating a huge meal, obviously you just worked out and then going right to bed with all those high levels. One, your sleep gets uh, destroyed with the food and the higher levels of cortisol. So that's why, you know, that kind of reacts to your recovery. So that's why we kind of, as we age, it's better to do it, you know, earlier in the day, if not morning, if I can't get my clients to do that. Well, I think that's really, really good advice. So morning, if we can, and it makes total sense with the idea of recovery. And, you know, ideally, you know, like I always do my best work when my best movement, my best endurance when I'm in the fasted state. So I would be in the fasted state and then I would give my body time to recover. And besides feeling great, like we talked about being in that fasted state, doing your workouts in a fasted state is another you know game changer for the over 40 crowd. If I can get my clients to do that, look how much more we can burn while you're in that state. And, you know, then waiting a few hours and then having your first meal. That's usually the best is to try to have your first meal around lunchtime, at least in my opinion. I love that you're not like, and then immediately you must go eat protein right away after you don't have to do that. Your body will absorb this protein all day long. Don't worry. If you're getting to the point, yes, there are certain things to get like pro bodybuilders that extra half a percent, then yes, you know, to have it immediately after the workout, they may get that little edge, but If you're not getting paid to be in a bodybuilding competition or be an NFL pro athlete, like, what are you killing your body like this for? I think that's a really good point. It's not going to be anything you can really see unless you are in a fitness competition level. That's huge. Yeah. (laughs) I will never be in a fitness competition. I'll just tell you right now. (laughs) But I do want to be strong. So. (laughs) Yeah, I just want to be fit and healthy and athletic looking. Yeah, I never wanted to be put in the work to be that pro bodybuilder. It's, It's unhealthy. And, uh, you know, you can't do it for too long or you're just destroying your body. Well, that is true. And we live in a culture where we're just, you know, like you mentioned before, two days a week of weight training is great for most of us. Three days may be ideal. Seven is too much. You know, 
kind of switching gears to uh, when you were on my show, kind of cleaning up my fasting protocol, I wanted to talk about that, doing the more clean fasting. So I had no idea when I was talking to you that, you know, some of the supplements I was taking, even though there were zero calories, still had sweeteners in there that can still kick your insulin up and break you out of the fast. And then I had a detox drink I was taking with apple cider vinegar and cinnamon, another little sweetener. And so I basically, I didn't scrap it. I just moved it into in the middle of the day at my second meal or something like that. It put it in your eating window. Yeah. I still love my supplement L-carnitine because, you know, if you are in a fat burning zone, which you are, if you're doing a lot of fasting, I'm really low carb. So I'll kick into ketosis really fast when I do a little bit longer fast. And L-carnitine, my L-carnitine was blueberry flavored. I can't have that either. or And I need it a little bit earlier. So I got a non-flavored one and started implementing this cleaner fasting with stuff with no flavors and more kind of tight to the eating windows. And man, I, you know, I was breaking records again with, with just your advice. So I love that. That makes me really, really happy because, you know, there's a lot of contradictory information out there. You know, you can go on YouTube and find all sorts of videos about, you know, things and contrary advice, especially when it comes to supplements. Although a lot of the time the people telling you it's perfectly fine have one they would like to sell you, which I think is <laughs> important. But you found that you were you had better endurance, more strength. I would burn more fat while on the L-carnitine, but with the new rules that you gave me. So, and that's the thing is, you know, everyone's body chemistry is different. Everyone's digestive issues are different. And, you know, the main thing is, you know, always be safe and check with your, your health and wellness professional. But if you're trying new supplements, cause you see something, you know, start with very minimal dosages and kind of build up and don't do multiple ones at the same time or else you'll never know which ones you're kind of benefiting from. So great suggestion because there's just so many variables, you know, when you're trying to study something scientifically, you know, I taught my fourth graders when I was a teacher, one variable, there's one variable. You don't change five things at one time. You got to pick one. And so we would design an experiment with one variable. And just a simple thing of listen to your body. You know, if you're trying something new or even just with real foods, you know, I started figuring out I, I am allergic to gluten. I have allergies to whey and uh, lactose. And then I found out one day red wine would throw my histamines out of whack. So I wrote that. Yeah, I don't do well with red wine, sadly. I never really listened to my body like this before because in your 20s and 30s, you just truck through everything and you're young and you can get through all this stuff. And now you know, a little slower and I'm a little more in tune with my body. And I'm like, Oh my God, I'm starting to feel all this stuff. I've realized I was allergic to shrimp, a, a real light allergy. But then, you know, if I had too much on in one day, like a little toast, ceviche tostada with a lot of shrimp on it, Oh my God, it would wipe me out for a whole day. Oh wow. So you just feel bad. Allergies like histamines will build up and not anaphylactic shock or anything like that, but just feeling terrible. One of our sons is allergic to shellfish and yeah, I don't know what it would do to him now. He hasn't had any since like, like I was eating shrimp one time and he put a piece up to his mouth and he's like, well, he didn't even eat it. And his like lips swelled up. I'm like, oh, that's not good. <laughs> don't eat that. And I do have allergies. I'm allergic to uh, NSAIDs, non-steroidal anti-inflammatories like Motrin and all that, where I will go into anaphylactic shock and uh, whey concentrate. I had to switch from my whey concentrate protein powder to a uh, pea protein uh, powder just for that reason. I got EpiPens everywhere. I'm sure your son does too. Well, he he's he used to. He doesn't now, but he avoids, he just avoids the shellfish. And, you know, he's, he's adulting now. He's 23. So, I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> but he's never had anything other than the lip swelling up kind of thing, but we don't want to risk it. But, you know, it's, it's really powerful to be able to listen to your body and figure out what doesn't work for you. And we really are all a study of one. And, you know, besides listening to your body for all those problems, you know, on the other side, listen to your body on what makes it feel good. You know, one of the best things I started doing was going, you know, I couldn't run anymore, but, and running was so aggressive. I never really liked that either, but walking and, you know, maybe with a little low weight vest. And just like they said, you know, I heard people and experts tell you about, you know, getting sunlight, that vitamin D and feeling better. It's just, it's one of the most enjoyable things I do every day. And some days I, you know, I'm planning to go work out and if I just don't feel like it, I'm not going to do it. I'll just go on a walk and, and do that. So I only do things that feel good and just building those healthy habits. And man, I'm just on cloud nine all the time. You know, the, the last, I think, year and a half, I've just perfected a little system that works for me and, and also, you know, watching out for my lower back 
and I just feel good. I'm, you know, very flexible and still have a decent shaped body with all the things we've been talking about. And, you know, I think that's just more important for longevity because that's the other thing I'm into is listening to all this longevity talk and podcasts. And, you know, they're saying humans might be able to get to 150 and all that. I want to be one of those people. <laughs> I definitely want to get to 100 and feel really good on the, the previous episode I recorded right before you. I interviewed someone who she's 79 and she's telling me about a friend of hers that lived to 112 and like thrived up until the last couple years of her life. And I'm like, that is who I want to be. And I think intermittent fasting will get me there. And I love what you said about what feels good is right for us. You know, we've been told for so many years that like you should never get sun on your skin ever without sunscreen. And I'm like, then why does it feel so good? Now, I'm not telling anybody to go out and burn or damage your skin or, or get, you know, dangerous skin exposure, but we're meant to absorb the sun through our skin. And that's how we get our vitamin D. I agree with that. And I kind of just play both sides where I just try to find the most non-chemical base, whatever you can find that information or for your dermatologist. And, you know, I'm not going to wear it all day or every day, but days that I am going to be out by the beach or for long periods of time, okay, I'm going to at least give my face a little help, if not my whole body. But then the rest of the time on my walks, I just go for a little quick, uh, two, three mile walk. I don't put it on there because I believe the same thing. And we're, we're meant to absorb, you know, the sun, getting your vitamin D and we're meant to, and we have built in, you've had too much <laughs> sensors on our skin. And it, for me, I get red, I get a sunburn and that's, I don't want to get to that point. So I've designed my sun exposure. So I never get to that point. And I'll sit under an umbrella if I'm going to be on the beach in the middle of the day, or I'll, I just, gauge when I'm going outside and make sure I don't get burned. But I feel so good. I remember way back in the day before I really looked into it, watching my cats, you know, are like animals. They go outside and they just like, oh, they lay in the sun. I'm like, how could that be bad? If <laughs> Every animal like goes out and, you know, we feel so good in the sun. It can't be wrong. We just don't want to overdo it. Like anything, anything that's good for us, you can overdo. Exercise, food, water, the sun. And that's, that's kind of how I live my life. Everything in moderation, you know, then that applies to food, you know, your hobbies, you know, using products, even like hair products. Like I don't, unless I'm really going out somewhere, I really need to look that nice, you know, usually just fine with water and comb in my hair versus putting all this product in there and, and worrying about my skin absorbing any toxins. So I just only use it when I need it kind of, and uh, just play that kind of system. Yeah, I'm, I'm very much the same way. I'm pretty low maintenance as far as things go. <laughs> I don't go get manicures or pedicures or any of that. I, I do color my hair, though. That's the one thing I can't get. I'm off. getting there, man. I'm seeing all my grays coming in. and <laughs> My hair is so gray now. My, my hairdresser's like, well, it's really gray up here, and it's super dark in the back. She said, and you would hate your natural color, just FYI. I'm like, well, I haven't seen it since the 80s, so I'll take your word for it. <laughs> <laughs> so let's backtrack a little bit. When you first started in intermittent fasting, you've been having the middle age spread a little bit, the creep of the weight. How much weight did you need to lose? Which is not probably not very much. Yeah, well, actually, because of, you know, back problems and surgeries and not being able to do things for a while. And then COVID that I think during COVID and the combination between those two, you know, I got up to a high of for me 224, which, you know, I just look like a stocky football player you know i still work out and do things but man i have never been that high before and how tall are you six one okay so for me 205 would is absolutely amazing and 200 i'd be you know on the cover of men's fitness but i don't know if i can ever get there but <laughs> well if you ever do i'd like to know That'd yeah. be nice. <laughs> all right so you were about 20 above where you feel really good but 20 pounds is, is enough to really make you feel uh not like yourself and so kind of like with a, I started doing a little bit of longer fasting once a month too, where I get into the, the 24 and the 36 and that 36 is kind of where I felt the best on. I didn't want to go any further. I would do that on a Monday to a Tuesday afternoon. And man, with just, you know, with fasting, some of the supplements I was taking, seeing how much I could drop so quickly and then going back to my normal routine. And, you know, it would take weeks, months to build up to anything close to that. I never got back up to 224. But, you know, like I said, you know, you, I like to have a social life. And if there's too many weekends of things going on and having fun, uh oh, it looks like I'm going to need to 
tighten up and pay the price a little bit. So we call that mealless Monday in our community. And a friend of mine, Roxy, she's in a moderator in the community. She manages all the mealless Mondays and with you know alternate daily fasting with you know thirty six hour fast is a it's a very well researched approach. Literally, some people do every other day, like alternate day fasting. Like they're like thirty six twelve, I guess if you thought about it. You know, thirty six hour fast, then like twelve hours of eating. That's what we call the up day. But People can, it's well-researched. People can do it nonstop. And listen to your body. It's it's not for everybody. I feel great on it, but other people, clients I've tried, they're like, oh, this feels so horrible. And they've tried it a few times. I'm like, we're done with that. It's not for you. Or they may not have built up their fasting muscle enough yet. Like I wouldn't do it like at the beginning. Oh, exactly. <laughs> I definitely took like six tries before I ever went, you know, that far as a 36 hour fast. But, you know, I've been doing it now for almost a year. And uh, it's funny, I tried the Prolon thing. I just wanted to see, what does a five-day fast feel? It's a fasting mimicking. Pro- Prolon, for anybody who doesn't know, Prolon is a fasting mimicking diet, is what they call it. And yeah, tell us how, how your experience with that was. So same thing, I got to a weight, and I record everything. So I got to a weight, what I've done before on like a 36-hour fast, and I went Monday through Friday on that. One, I just, you know, first couple days, no problem because I'm used to this. By Wednesday, I was not feeling good. And then Thursday, I was panicking. Like, I just need to throw this. I got to be done with this. But I was like, God, you paid 200 bucks for this thing. <laughs> and then every, and I got to talk about it on my podcast. I was like, you got to push through. And God, I was just a zombie. I just couldn't help my wife with, with my daughter doing certain things. And then Friday, I just kind of stayed in bed and did a little bit of walking. And so you're an experienced faster. So for it to be that hard for you, I don't understand. I, to me, it's so much easier not to mimic fasting, just to actually fast. Not that I want anybody to do a five-day fast. That's not what I'm saying. But with Prolon, you've got these little snacky things that you're supposed to eat all the time. And you have like a weird glycerin drink uh, that you mix with your water. There's like olives, there's little nut bars and little things that they say that they've researched that won't break your fast and all that. It's definitely eating is never fasting people. It's not. I mean, maybe you're going to get some benefits from it, but it's not going to be the same as a clean fast. You, You felt the difference. And at the end of it, the best I did was five and a half pounds when normally at that weight that I started that on before on a 36 hour fast, I had done eight pounds. So it, didn't, it couldn't even beat my 36-hour clean fast. So I'm like, oh, well, I don't know if I'm glad I tried it, but my audience is glad I tried it. And well, you know, I- you know, that's what I think. You know, I, I think why mimic something that you could just do for free that, <laughs> you know, we we know that fasting has a lot of benefits. And so just to do an actual fast, I think it would have been a lot easier. But the story that I heard, the creator of that, Dr. Walter Longo, I heard him tell on a podcast one this is years ago, years ago, he told the story of how he developed the fasting mimicking diet, and it had to do with he was doing some research on fasting and cancer and how when people were going through cancer treatment, fasting helped the chemotherapy work better. It helped the chemotherapy target the cancer cells and protect our own body cells. And so he was very obviously excited about that research. But in trying to sell the research or sell the idea to people who were in the the scientific world, the idea of fasting just felt too extreme. So he came up with the idea of, you know, how can we mimic fasting so that it'll be an easier sell to people as they're going through this? And then he developed the fasting mimicking diet. That's the way I understand the story. I hope I'm not getting it wrong. I could be, but I'm pretty sure that's, that's how he explained it. But, you know, I totally understand people thinking fasting sounds extreme, but it really isn't. And, you know, in that, that fasting mimicking diet, the autophagy portion of what it can do for you, you know, I don't know. I didn't go get a blood work and, and see that kind of stuff. But doing the slightly longer fasting once a month, I actually was, you know, doing this with my doctor and, you know, intermittent fasting had done well, you know, had pulled all my markers down I mean, it was looking good. But, you know, doing the 36 hour fasting, like kind of once a month, I did it for five months and then went back to get my blood work done with my doctor. And he was he couldn't believe it. My liver enzymes way down. My cholesterol was like 22 percent down and I didn't have horrible cholesterol, but I am on a slightly keto-ish diet, so my elevator raised a little bit, but my good cholesterol is way up there to match it. So he just couldn't believe what I had done. And so I first now saw like the experience of seeing some autophagy working for me. So maybe the mimicking diet could get you a little bit more of that. But as far as if you're worried about just weight loss and you know working out and being able to enjoy life, I just don't see how you can sustain that. No, and I actually, I haven't seen data on this, but I I can't imagine that mimicking fasting with little nut bars would be 
superior to actual fasting when it comes to autophagy because your body is is digesting and eating and you're going to... Those bars have honey as an ingredient. I don't understand how that... I mean, honey is, you know, our bodies recognize honey. I don't know how that would be. I don't know how anyone with a straight face can say, it's just like fasting. Your body doesn't know the difference. I'm like, it's honey. (laughs) And I'm not willing to experience and and do a trial of five months and doing this again. So No, no. But fasting is free. And I love that you have found that one clean 36-hour fast gives you such better results than five days of an expensive low-calorie diet. (laughs) And then, you know, for me, the other portion of intermittent fasting was, yeah, I do know if you can start eating a little bit earlier, you know, where they say your body needs that food, it's better. And then as you get to later in night to stop, and that is the time where you are winding down and need less. And I do slightly agree with that statement. And I tried it. But it's just not for me. I can't do it. Like I can fast all day if I need to. But as soon as I start the engine, I cannot stop. And I'm at home. The refrigerator's right there. Everyone's enjoying themselves. I can't. So I had to go back to, you know, a 2 p.m. start and I finish at a 8 p.m., which is just perfect for me. I am very much similar to that. You know, right now, what's interesting is my sweet spot does change seasonally, I've noticed. It does tend to gravitate with the sun, you know, and my it's my natural, you know, I've been doing this since 2014. And so it's really just what I do. Like I wake up, I live my life, I open my window, I close it, I go to bed. And so now that it's staying late, lighter at night, my window has naturally slightly gravitated to a little bit later. But like last night we had finished eating and I looked outside, it's 8 o'clock, and it's still light outside, and my window was closed. Whereas in the winter, I'm, like, shut down probably 6.30 or 7. I'm completely done because it's dark. But I'm like you with the whole idea of once my window is open, I can't do an early, early day in the day window because I just get so hungry. And that's the other thing is, and plus, I feel so good in the morning fasting. What? Listen to my body. Just that's for you. Do that. And I just feel way more productive. I don't have to do all this cooking and cleaning and, you know, until later in the day when I'd rather do it. And just, you know, all I focus on is getting my daughter to school and getting her her food. And that's it. I'm going through my day and getting my workout in. And then I'll, you know, I'll break my fast about, you know, 1, 2 p.m. So. Well, the, the whole idea that there is an ideal time for every person to universally have the same window again, doesn't make any sense because we're all so very different. The idea that we all have the exact same circadian rhythm. I mean, you could, you know, come over to our house and see that we are very, my husband and I have a very different routine. You know, I am early to bed, early to rise, naturally. I can't sleep in. If I stay up till three in the morning, I'm still awake at six. I just cannot sleep in, but my body won't do it. Whereas he can stay up late and sleep till 11. Today, he didn't get up till 11. I'm like, what are you doing? Get up. Yeah, we're (laughs) the reverse over here. (laughs) Yeah, I need about six hours of sleep and it doesn't matter. I'll wake up before my alarm feeling so refreshed. And, you know, I've used, you know, things to track your sleep and everything. And, it, you know, I hit the 95 percentile of deep sleep and all that. I just get it done in six hours. I don't know. And my wife will sleep until 11 if she could. <laughs> I couldn't do it. if I'm like, I had the flu. I might could sleep, but I that's it. Like, I literally would not be able to do it. And so, yeah, I wish I could, but I can't. The only time I need an alarm is if I have to get to the airport like really early or something. Other than that, my eyes are just like, boop, <laughs> it's morning. Maybe a trip to Vegas, then I start sleeping in a little bit longer, but I that's about it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just awake way too early. I don't like traveling that direction. I can't do it. You know, I, I think that that just goes to the fact that we're all different. And, you know, you could hear people tell you, like, like what we're saying about what works for us, a later window, that doesn't mean it's ideal for somebody else. You know, if they feel better, there are people who like to wake up, have a morning eating window, close it down. They're done for the day. They feel so great. They sleep better and they should listen to their body in that that regard. And there's a reason why there's so many diets out there to choose from is because it worked great for somebody. But then you hear other people saying how horrible it is. It's because it wasn't for them. Well, I have a theory. My theory is that every diet book is the person who wrote it. It's their best way of (laughs) 
the way that, that the, so, you know, I tried really hard in all of my books to not say, here's when you open your window, here's what you must do, here's what you must eat, because you've got to figure it out. In fact, some people don't like that in my books because they're, I, they're like, I want you to tell me exactly what to do. And I refuse to do that because I literally think someone could follow me around all day long, do exactly what I do and have different results. But when you look at the, the diet books that have like, here's what you eat and when you eat it and exactly what to do, I'm like, well, that's the diet plan that worked for that author. Yep. And that's it. <laughs> yeah. So it's so much more fun, you know, working with clients too in that with that methodology of just, no, we're going to work with what works for you. And I have a million tools in my toolbox. We will find something and a routine and diet and everything that makes you happy, that works for you. And, you know, I've been doing this for a long time. We will build this body up and make it functionally strong and aesthetically uh, pleasing. So don't you worry. I love that because you and I are, we have the same exact mentality. And you know, I, my phrase is, my catchphrase is, tweak it till it's easy. And it sounds like that's yours as well. Knowing that, you know, the, the results your clients want to get, they can get there, but it's going to be a different path for everybody, depending on their bio-individuality, what makes them feel good. But teaching them to connect with their bodies and listen is so important. That's the message I want to get out in the world. You know, people will listen to a, a different podcast, not mine, and they'll come in and they'll be like, I'm so confused. I heard this other podcast and they said, you know, something. And I'm like, well, that's what they do. You've got to find what works for you. Angie's list is now Angie, and we've heard a lot of theories about why. I thought it was an eco-move. Fewer words, less paper. No, it was so you could say it faster. No, it's to be more iconic. Must be a tech thing. But those aren't quite right. It's because now you can compare upfront prices, book a service instantly, and even get your project handled from start to finish. Sounds easy. It is, and it makes us so much more than just a list. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I. Or download the app today. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com match. Just go to Indeed.com match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You know, I do the same thing. I'm Since I've been in the podcasting world, all I do is search for topics that I'm into to just become a little bit more of an expert in each one of those fields. And I'll just see experts, doctors on both sides. So it's like, you know, that's how it is with everything in life. So you just got to find what fits for you. Try it all. Safely. <laughs> well, you know, we think back to what we learned in school about, you know, the normal distribution curve, also known as the bell curve, right? And the way that it, you know, starts and it slopes up and it peaks right there in the middle and then it goes down. If you zoom in on either end of that, you know, for any topic, any anything, any diet, you know, there are going to be people that fall along, like people who are keto. There, some people are going to be on the doing great side. Some people are going to be on the opposite side. Whole food plant-based, same thing. So we're all just so very different and in every characteristic and every trait. You just got to find what works for you. So tell me some of your, you know, since your podcast is called Over 40 Fitness Hacks, give us some quick hacks. Like what are some things that are just quick takeaways? So we kind of touched on when, you know, doing more for exercise purposes, doing more stuff with quality. And part of that is doing time under tension, less weight, really focusing on that mind-body connection to get the most out of each muscle group. And sometimes it's easier to activate more muscle fibers with less weight because if you overload, say, your quads and hamstrings in a squat, you know, the bigger muscles will take over and do, you know, 100% of the work versus if you go low and slow, take more time and less weight, you'll recruit more muscle fibers to help aid in that process because it, it can handle the weight so it'll start being used. And the fact that you're doing it longer, the load is longer Instead of trying to do reps like one per second, you're doing the five up, five down. All those smaller muscle fibers have to activate to, you know, to help you out. And, you know, you can only do about five to six reps of that and you will feel just exhausted. And you can't believe it. It's half the weight that you're normally used to. So 
that's a good tip. And just just weight training in general. I mean, it's a broken record in my business that, you know, our whole thing is to build your BMR up, your basal metabolic rate. Uh, we do that by building lean muscle mass. So your body is burning more even at rest versus you do a lot of cardio. You may maybe burn a slightly little bit more for that hour window versus the weight training. But once that cardio is done, you get nothing out of it. So you kind of double dip by doing weight training. And it just helps to make a healthier, more functional body, helping to protect your joints with stronger muscles. So Yeah, I think that's so important. So for women, you know, let's say you had someone come to you and they were just on the other side of menopause and they were struggling. Where would you start them? So I would just start with, uh, you know, walking. I usually, we do a lot of circuit training. So it's cardio mixed with your weight training, just more to give you a break between the weight training uh, sets. But then, you know, just starting with body weight, doing just body weight squats, using a lot of bands because uh, you can get a lot of torque on those, but it's safe on the eccentric, which is, you know, coming back. So you don't want to, you know, give them a big barbell chest press and have that thing coming crushing down on them. So it's better to start with like the simpler things and bands. And then we start graduating to the other things. And we do a lot of uh, balance training as well. So, you know, standing on one leg, holding that pose, then you kind of graduate to going on those BOSU balls and balance discs that you've probably seen before. I love those. Yeah. yeah. And you can get as crazy <laughs> as you want. Then we start doing balance and rotational movement where you're like doing walking lunges with like a weight or a, a weight ball and then having to pass that to your trainer and catch it again as you go to your next set. And so it's just, you know, it's the sky's the limit for that kind of stuff. But, you know, that also helps recruit those finer, uh, smaller muscles and just work on your balance overall. Because, you know, the, the biggest concern for a lot of my, you know, over 60 clients is, you know, slips, trips and falls being they just see it time and time again. Family members or grandparents having those falls, breaking hips, tearing knees. And it's just like, like I said, we cannot have injuries in those later years because it just takes so long to, to come back. And sometimes you can't. Well, I mean, like I mentioned before, my neighbor and his fall, that really made a big impact on me. I mean, it was terrifying because he came to our door and he was really, really injured. But he had literally just fall like a tripped and, and fell like we've done a million times in our life. And children trip and fall like that all the time. And so it really made me think, oh, my gosh, I have got to take care of myself because I want to be strong and I want my body to be able to heal itself as I age. You know, that the injuries are just, we don't recover as well unless we have been taking care of ourselves. So I vowed I am going to take care of myself as I age, you know, without a doubt. One of my craziest stories with the client, she was at home going into her garage holding some stuff and she kind of, you know, reached in and barely got that handle open and she forgot that there's a really big initial step dropping down. And it's dark in there until you turn on the lights. And obviously she couldn't do that. And she just went in there and immediately hit that step, fell. And there's a pole right there for some weird reason. And she caught it right on the side of her face and shoulder. And it held her and she threw all the stuff down. But she caught herself with her other foot. And, uh, you know, she came back and she was like, oh, my God, had I not been doing all this, you know, strength training, balance training I don't know what would have broke on that hit because it was so violent. And she she took it like a champ. I mean, she had a little bruise and on her clavicle, but no injuries, nothing got ripped or teared. And, you know, I'm so proud of her that she had caught that that other step. But, you know, those are the things that we work on. And, you know, I'm glad that you mentioned bands because I always think about, you know, having to do weights with like hand weights and stuff but bands are such a now i'm like gonna go look for some bands just while you're like even if you're like sitting and watching tv you can do, you know you can use bands if you need a little bit more force just double up you know sometimes i'll take our three biggest bands around a pole and i'll do like a chest press and man is it hard so i mean you can add however much tension you want but the, the important part is you know the eccentric coming back it's such a slow process and there's no risk to injury so well that made me really think because i always have, have thought oh you need to have hand weights or you got to have a lot of different different ones and but you don't you can just get the bands you can throw them in a suitcase you can put them in your purse you can have them anywhere it's more in our field it's you know we got to also be entertainers too so we feel like we can't be using the same thing and it is a theory that you know changing up the styles and shocking your body does you know help as, as well getting those new plateaus broken so very very true and also you got to have variety that's why they come to your gym so they can have a lot of different things to do <laughs> 
So is there anything that you struggle with? I mean, the biggest thing I struggle with is, you know, like I talk about on my weekends, I was in a fraternity back in college and kind of that lifestyle is still ingrained in me as a 42 year old now. And, uh, you know, I, I have toned it down a lot and, you know, be safe and take Ubers and drink lots of water, but I still indulge just a little too much. And that's, that's kind of my biggest thing. But like I said, you know, clean Monday through Friday, adding in some of that longer fasting to get a little bit of autophagy. And I'm sorry, blood work doesn't lie. My doctor's happy with what he has. And my dad's a medical doctor as well. And he's always been kind of worried about that stuff. But every time I get blood work, I show it to him and he's like, yeah, that's, it looks great. I love that. No, and I, I totally get the, you know, I was in a sorority and my sorority sisters, some of them came to visit earlier, like in the month. And yeah, <laughs> there's old patterns. I'm like, I got to go to bed. Y'all uh, good night. <laughs> yeah. And you know, that, that and that's still my change over time. And that's fine. When I get to that point in my life, I'll, you know, I need to stop doing a lot of this stuff and still worry about, you know, being healthier and healthier to get me you know, be there for my grandchildren if, if my daughter has any and that kind of stuff. So, but I'm not, not quite there yet. No, me neither. My boys are, they're, they're 23 and 25 and the 25 year old's married, but I don't know if they're going to have kids. They may or may not. I'm not sure. They are, have not decided, which sounds like not going to, to me when you say you're not well, sure. You never know. You, never, you know. never know. That's true. You never <laughs> know. Right now I have a grand dog and some grand cats. So that's, that's all I've got for now. Whatever it is, I want to age well for all the people in my life. And I think that's the number one motivation. That's kind of why, you know, I love doing my podcast and, and staying in the business and, you know, expanding my horizons of not just weight training, but learning about all these different modalities and talking to people around the world. Everyone does different stuff. And it's, it's so cool to tap into those things instead of just being trapped here in my Orange County bubble. So I, I really love like, you know, everything that I've been doing with podcasting and meeting people like you and, and just enhancing my own game. So I want to be that 80 year old that, you know, you, some, you've probably seen on Facebook, that super healthy 80 year old that can still do a lot of stuff and, and, you know, beat those records and get into my hundreds and, and still have a, you know, awesome life. Absolutely. That explains my motivation 100%. I want people to be like, you're how old? <laughs> you know, a lot of women won't share their age. I'm like saying it wherever I can. And they're like, what? You know, I can't wait to be like, I'm 65. And people go, what? <laughs> That's my goal. I got a ways to go for that. But living well, you know, I, I heard a phrase recently, you know, instead of lifespan, we want to think of it as health span. We don't just want to have a number. We want to be healthy all the way as we get older. And, you know, and that's kind of why I started toning down a lot of the stuff I'm doing because being in that bodybuilder mindset of just getting as much as you can, you, I mean, you're just tearing down your joints and joints don't really ever come back the same. You know, muscles can repair and tissue can come back, but joints and ligaments and that kind of stuff, that's what gets you in the end. So, All right, well, we are almost out of time. What would you tell someone just starting out with intermittent fasting or what do you wish you knew when you first started? I definitely wish I started helping clients earlier in my career with with exactly that, the intermittent fasting. And just if you're going to try it, just you know, do it clean, but then you decide how long to do it. You don't need to, you know, you read about the 18 and 6 and the, you know, all the other ones of tightening it down to a you know, six hour eating window or four hour eating window. No, just to do what you can and just, you know, eat dinner a little bit earlier and breakfast a little bit later. See how you feel and just play with it. You know, since I started, you know, being in tune with my body and doing like kind of a low level biohacking, you know, trying new things and all that, but safely and just listen to yourself and how you're feeling and just go from there. Trust how you feel. That's the number one thing. When people will hear conflicting advice and they come in and they're like, well, I heard this and then I tried it and I didn't feel good, but they said that. I'm like, listen to your body. Your body is telling you. <laughs> and, and definitely do not go within the mindset of the New Year's resolution that I want this done in two months. No, no, no. Get that mindset out. This is going to be a long, slow, fun process that we're going to build slowly habits that work for you. And we will find them. We will. That's the thing. Just like you and, and your work, we will find them. Same with intermittent fasting. You will find it. There is something, there's a tweak, there's a change for everybody. And it might not be what I do. It might not be what you do, Brad. But it's there's something out there that will suit everybody. They just have to find it. You know, don't give up and don't stop searching. That's exactly. It. Well, thank you so much, Brad. Awesome. Thank you so much, Jen. Do you have an intermittent fasting story to tell? Email me at jen 
at intermittentfastingstories.com and I'll add you to the lineup. That's G-I-N at intermittentfastingstories.com. The world wants to hear your story. That's it for today. Remember, I may have a doctorate, but I'm not a medical doctor. So don't use anything you hear on this podcast as a substitute for medical advice. Please always check with your doctor or healthcare provider if you have medical questions. I'll talk to you next week, Fasting Family, where we will hear another inspiring story. Have a great week and fast on. Intermittent Fasting Stories is edited, mixed, and mastered by Resonate Recordings. To learn more, visit them at ResonateRecordings.com or email them at hello at ResonateRecordings.com. Intermittent Fasting Stories listeners will receive a free offer if you mention that you heard it on the podcast. I'm Shimol Yai, and I have a new podcast called The Competition. Every year, 50 high school senior girls compete in a massive scholarship competition. I wouldn't say I have an ego problem, but I'm extremely competitive. All of the competitors are used to being the best and the brightest, and they're all vying for a huge cash prize. This will probably be the most intense that you've ever gone through in your life. I remember that feeling because I was one of them. I lost. But now I'm coming back as a judge and also a kind of teen girl anthropologist. Because if you want to understand what it's like to be a young woman in America today, the competition's not a bad place to start. Hopefully no one will die on station night. From Pineapple Street Studios and Wondery, this is The Competition. Follow The Competition on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen to The Competition early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus.